This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Um, everybody, welcome all Torah Anytime uh, viewers. Tonight we are going to continue, and hopefully this will be the last one on disproving the other uh, religions. Again, the, disproving the other religions. Um, the... I don't read minds. I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on there. Okay, that look doesn't tell me anything. The, um, if you realize what we did was, what we, our focus was, was to hit every, hit is a bad word, to touch on every religion that has more population than Judaism. Did I speak about this already? Did I say this? I don't remember. I said this already, this idea? Okay. So today, hope we'll finish it. We'll finish all the, the rest of them. We'll even throw some of them that are less than Judaism uh, just to uh, touch upon it. So to begin, uh, we will speak about Islam. So Islam is the fastest growing religion by far. It's, um, it's going to surpass Christianity as the world's largest religion. And it depends who you ask. Some of them actually say that it already, like I guess the Muslims say they already surpassed it, the Christians said not yet, but throughout all the reports by like I think 2050 or whatever the estimated uh, you know, time frame is, they're going to be, uh, assuming everything goes as, as is going right now, the projection is that they will be the largest uh, religion in the world. Now why is that? Why are they the largest religion in the world? Is it because you have a bunch of intellectual scholars that are, you know what, let's learn the Quran, let's read it, and be like, you know what, this is the right religion, and that's why they're coming into it? Or is it for a different reason? And the answer is, it is for a very, very different reason. In fact, the number one reason why they're going so fast is... Let's see if any of you guys can figure it out. Very easy. Yeah, that's right. Hadika just got the most babies. That's it. Christianity... Yes, but when you have 1 billion have a lot of children and 14 million have a lot of children... But we were first. Ah, but we have lost a lot to intermarriage. You know what happens if they're not modest? There's a drive-by. If they're, they're dealing with a non-modest wedding or something like that, they, they do a drive-by. And it's not just a drive-by to take pictures. I mean, they're shooting something, but it's not, you know, photography. So, the, they do. The reason why they're the number, one, the number one religion is they have the most kids. You have an average, <coughs> the, maybe six, seven, or eight kids. And that, I think that's a very low estimate uh, from what, how many kids they, they actually do have. But I guess an overall six, seven, eight kids, while Christianity has one to two. More closer to the one. So obviously you see how this is going to uh, transfer into that. And when you have 1.8 billion having six, seven, eight kids, that's obviously going to translate into they a very, very high. Much younger, right? Yeah, they do. They also get married to more than one person, more than one wife. Um, so when, when uh, th- this religion was started by the founder, which was, I'm sure everybody knows, was Muhammad. Muhammad, well, he started off as, uh, as an, praying to idols when he was younger. When he was 40 years old, he had a divine revelation. And the revelation came in a fact that he had an angel by the name of Gavriel or Jibril in, in Arabic that came over to him and started revealing to him the true religion. And he started, and, and he told him, he says, worshiping any other god is, is considered idolatry. It's a great sin, you know, I'll do it. Only... Only Islam is going to be the right and the correct religion. And he started taking this and he started preaching this to his to everybody who wanted to listen. And uh, he didn't get and originally he didn't get that many followers. Uh, friends and family plan only is what he got. More than that, he wasn't able to um, you know to get. And in fact, the people at that time were idol worshippers and they didn't like this idea of one god. One god that's so like weak. You know, they had a plethora of gods. So they actually attempted to assassinate him. He escaped the assassination, and he eventually went to Medina. The, um, and, and he started claiming that Islam is going to repair the mistakes of Christianity and Judaism. So we'll soon see, because they do believe in those two religions, but it was all messed up. And Islam came to fix it all up. The prophet, 
which they claim uh, Muhammad, he received messages through 23 years of his life, and, and they, they, they put this together in chapters known as surahs. Surahs is where you have the chapters of the Quran. The problem was that he didn't personally write it down. question is what? Maybe it was illiterate, maybe he didn't. Whatever it was, he had scribes that would write it down. The problem with having the scribes write it down is that the scribe, there was one scribe by the, by the name of... He lived in global, he was illiterate. Yeah, so some people say it. Which is why I mentioned it. The, the, um, there was a scribe by the name of Abdullah ibn Sa'd, who was a scribe for Muhammad, and he left. The reason why he left is that Muhammad would usually just let him change whatever he wanted. He would like, Muhammad would dictate him to write this, and he'll be like, what about this? I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Whatever you want, you can write it. So it's like, that's not a, if, that's, if it's a word of God, how can you start changing it? You can't even change one letter. In the Torah, we know that if one letter is, is misspelled or is missing, the whole Torah is not good. So how can you claim a divine revelation from a god through an angel, whatever it is, and yet that you could change whatever you want? And in fact, he, quote, he quotes it, Abdul, Abdullah quotes it, and, says, and he says like this, he says, I used to direct Muhammad wherever I will. He would tell me to write on most high or wise, and I would write all wise only. And he would say, yeah, it's all the same. On a certain occasion, he said, write such and such, and I decided to, to only write, just, you know, only whatever he wanted to write. And Muhammad said to him, yeah, write whatever you want. That doesn't really spell the idea of, of um, prophetic divinity, uh, you know, coming so directly from God, because you can't change something that comes from God. Even if it sounds like it's a saying, you can't even change it. We know the Torah, you can't even change one letter. The, you know, and you can see these types of changes in Surah chapter 23, verse 14. The... Um, Muhammad, when he came to a certain, you know, uh, when he conquered Mecca, he actually ordered 10 people to be um, executed, and this scribe, Abdullah, was one of them, surprisingly. Well, unsurprisingly would be the right answer. The deal with this is, is that, you, you think about it, it all really relies on the fact of Muhammad telling everybody else, this is what he was told, this is what he said. There's no, there was no, like, revelation that he was speaking to God, everybody saw it, and there was a big mountain, or hill, or valley, whatever it was, and everybody witnessed it. It was just one guy by himself, who happened to, you know, uh, claim that he spoke to God. And you, they have, they do claim other, I guess you could say miracles. Some are miracles, some are less. For example, they claim that Muhammad's mother never experienced any pain in pregnancy. Congratulations. <laughs> she also heard a, heard a voice one day that her son will be a ruler and a prophet. The Quran states that he was born circumcised. And, you know, a, a few others. But even if all these are correct, which we have no way of verifying it, but even if they're all correct, it doesn't matter because... It makes, it, just because his mother didn't have any pain in pregnancy or because he was born circumcised. I know people that were born circumcised. You know, it doesn't make them divine, a prophet or a god. So, they do claim some miracles. What are the miracles? They claim the splitting of the moon. The, um, w- which is a very, very big problem to claim the splitting of the moon because if there was really a splitting of the moon, then everybody on the Arabian side of the world would have been able to see it and I would have documented something about, like, hey, by the way, the moon, you know. There was a situation going on and such and such date, and this is what happened. But yet nothing is written about it. In fact, you know, there are many scholars that claim that if there was a splitting of the moon, many people would have started their own religions based on that, just, you know, just that alone. But we don't have any information. Nothing is written about it. I don't know exactly how it split and cut in half or what, what exactly happened to it. But this is where they claim to have a, um, a miracle. Where the source of where it's written, I'm not sure. I'm, I would assume. I, I don't know. I would look it up. So they claimed the moon split in two. Split. 
And then that's it. Yeah. It's a miracle. You don't have to understand miracles. They went back together, right? Well, apparently now it's back together. Is that why the moon is like their thingy, whatever? Holes? Their sign. No, their sign. No, because the, the Jews are also go by the, by the moon, lunar calendar. No, 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 they're signs. Because they, they go by the lunar calendar. No, no they're symbols. I know, I'm telling you, because they go by the lunar calendar. Oh, that's why it is? I'm putting, uh, pretty, uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, they yeah. Have a star hanging from the lunar Right, the, the Hachshar sign, right? Um, <laughs> so, in any case, they also claim a rapid conquest of Arabia, which we claim beforehand, just because you're good at warfare does not mean that you're right. Alexander the Great was great at warfare. Does that make him a god, which he claimed that he was? No. It doesn't mean anything by, by claiming uh, some ideas. These are evidence that are, uh, these are, these are trying, you're trying to prove something with not valid evidence. Furthermore, they also claim that if you master the Quran and you read the, you read the Quran the way it's supposed to be read, in Arabic, then nobody would ever think that it would be written by a human being because it's too great, too beautiful, that it could only be written by Allah himself. Allah is what they refer to as God. So, the problem with that is, is that there are millions and millions of Christians that are Arabs, and they read Islam, and they've read the Quran, and yet they are still Christians. You also have people that were, the, the Jewish, even nowadays, the Jewish uh, language that was spoken for a majority of, of time was Arabic. You even have this, you know, a, lot of, a lot of Jews over here that come from certain areas, they speak Arabic. They speak Arabic, they read Arabic, they do everything in Arabic. Jews read the, the Quran in Arabic. Other people read the Quran in Arabic, and no one was, you know, like blown away with it. But like, well, this is crazy. This must be the divine religion. Just by saying it's a poetic book, it's a nice book, doesn't mean anything. Just means it was a good author. You look at the, uh, the Harry Potter book. I don't know how poetic it is, but it's a very popular book. Do you think 50 years down the line, someone's going to turn it into a, well, maybe, you know, Americans will turn it into a religion. Um, and we'll see what they're doing every now. So are many religions. But you think about it, just because it's a beautiful book, a well-written book, does not make it divine. It just means that maybe he was good at writing or the people were good. Whatever it was that he put it together, it doesn't mean anything more uh, than that. The, you know, putting all that aside, the Islamic religion happens to be, you know, held more higher, I guess you could say, from the Jewish perspective than all the, most, all the, almost all the other religions and, and cults. Why? Because they actually preach um, true monotheism. They really believe in one God. They pray to one God. The same idea as the Jewish, uh, you know, the, uh, as the Jewish belief. So we do hold it like at a very, like at a higher level than anything else. An example of of where those would come to play is a church. You're not allowed to walk into a church. Now I'll take pictures into a church and I'll go into those type of churches because the churches are places of idolatry. The worship of Udazara. You're not allowed to go in there. Islam, on the other hand. Has has you know it's not it's not Abu Dazra. They actually go and they actually pray to one God. So there there are many I shouldn't say many. There are some commentaries that they go and they would explain. Thank you that you are allowed to walk into a mosque. You are allowed to go into it as opposed to anything else. And the reason for that is is because they they don't uh, preach idolatry. They preach one and they pray to one one God. One of the things that I find very very problematic when I have a hard time understanding it is the whole idea where Israel, where they call Palestine, they believe that it's theirs. The Dome of the Rock, you know, the, by, behind the Kotel, they have the, the mosque over there. That was put into place in the year 690. That was, you know, the Jewish people had the land of Israel for a long time before that. A very, very long time before that. They came in afterwards. They put in the, their, their mosque over there. So what, what makes us the ones, uh, this is hard for me to understand, what makes us the ones that are in a territory that doesn't belong to us? If anything, they're the ones that are not, should not be there. I, I can't. I can't even begin to. We were here first. We have day. The, the, you know, we have the kotel. We have things that we can prove that we were there before them. 
So where can they begin to say that they were there before us? I, I really, I really don't know how this, uh, how this even came to be. But again, uh, you know, when you're speaking logically, sometimes it doesn't always work. I didn't hear any Ishmaelit over there. But uh, most of them were Arabic, Arab, Arab people. So they think, they think that, it, that, that it was, it was, it belonged to them before Hashem gave it to us. So we can always say, okay, come take it, fight for it. Well, we don't have to say that, because if they believe in the Torah, which they technically, well, we'll soon see how much they actually, they technically do believe in the Torah, it says over there that God gave, you know, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, El Yisrael. God gave it to them. Okay, but if they believe in the Torah and the Torah says that it belongs to the Jews, then that's it. End of story. They do believe in it, but they claim that it was corrupted. So we'll, we'll explain it. We'll, we'll explain on that. So they do. They do. They do uh, believe in it. So in any case, it's it's a question and it's uh, you know it's a problem. The the Quran when you're dealing with the Quran when it, and it stands to the Torah, they you know it's very, people are very very confused by the idea of what does it actually believe. So in the New Testament, for example, Christianity they believe 100 percent the Old Testament. The Torah they believe everything. They everything is is as it says. They don't argue on it. They don't claim that it was corrupted. It is as it is. The the Quran, however, they confirm the original revelations by the prophets. Moshe and all those, oh, you know, we'll, see, we'll soon see. Also, they, they, uh, they confirm the prophets. And in fact, they list 25 prophets by name in the Torah. It's not written, for example, Noah will be Noah. Uh, Abraham will be Ibrahim. Moses will be Musa. Eliyahu will be Ilyas. Ya- will be Yaqub instead of Yaakov. Um, they also put in there Jesus in there. JC is also in there. He's known as Isa. Isa was also considered, according to Islam... He was also a prophet. They don't, you know, they claim a little bit different things, but he was also the prophet. Who? I don't, I don't think they mention Asaph in there. Um, and if they do, I don't know. What is the? What do you think they? Um, the they claim to be the first Muslim. Who was the first Muslim? Abraham. Ibrahim. Ibrahim. They claim that uh, that it, that he was the first uh, that the first uh, Muslim uh, with his son Ishmael, which made the first pilgrimage to Mecca. In any case. Uh, Musa, which is Moses, which was, according to them, not a Muslim, a Jew, was sent by God to the idolatrous nations of Egypt and revealed to them the Ten Commandments. This they do believe, that the, the Jews got the Ten Commandments. And in fact, Moses, uh, Musa, is mentioned in the Quran more than any other prophet. He's mentioned numerous, numerous times. They also have, um, you know, when they, when they name, uh, when they mention uh, J.C., Isa ben Mariam, uh, as a prophet, they claim him as a prophet, but they do not believe that he was a son of God. They believe that he was just a prophet. They also, they also don't believe that he died in crucifixion. Uh, but they do, they do mention him as a, as a prophet. However, the, so you're, you're taking these, these ideas. They, they, do, they do claim that the Torah is true, but, and a very big but over here, they, they actually claim that the Jews misinterpreted, changed the entire Torah. And we'll soon see how we see that. We will go and prove that it's not possible. And we could easily prove that. The, but they did take a lot of things from the Torah. An example. They, um, they took that Jews pray every single day. Also, Islam plays every day. Jews pray three times a day. Islam plays five times a day. Right? We pray five times a day only on Yom Kippur. They said that's the best day. We're doing that every single day of the year. But they have, you know, their prayers obviously not all day. They're like 15 minutes depending on the prayer is short on that. The Jews fast on Yom Kippur. There we fast on one day biblically. Now they're going to fast, you know, the whole month of Ramadan. Yeah, I know. That's what someone told me. So it's a good thing that you're giving class now about it because it's just started around that. I'm like, I don't know why. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. It, that's out though, so I don't know what to tell you. 
So, um, yeah, you have to understand, the reason that I'm giving these classes, I'm not looking to convert people from other religions. I'm not. That's not my purpose. My purpose here is for the Jewish people or anybody else who's seeking the truth and to know, to understand how do we appreciate what our Torah is, what, how true it is. When we are going to go through all these religions and also cults, we're going to see how true the Torah is and how it makes it, how, how it makes it so much stronger. It validifies everything that it could possibly say on it. The Quran also speaks about people of the book. Um, and the people who are the book were the Jews. And they actually say, respect them, honor them, they say this in a few places. But what happened was, is when the, you know, Muhammad went and he started preaching to the Jews, hey look, similar religion, we're doing the same thing, praying to one God, right, we got the same thing going on over here, come join our religion. They were like, you know, we got the real thing, we don't need a knockoff, you know, thank you, but no thank you. And he was very upset, and then he waged war on them, uh, you know, to, to go at, you know, and, and fight against them. And in fact, the Quran states that if they, by they referring to the Jews and the Christians, accept your faith, which is Islam, then they shall be rightly guarded, uh, rightly guided, I'm sorry, if they reject it, they will surely be in a disaster. Uh, so, you know, this is, is stating right away that even though they're claiming that Judaism was correct, Christianity was correct, but at this point in time, it's so bad, it's so far off that the only way to do it is only through the, uh, only through the Islam, only through the Quran. The, Problem that we have over here, which again, they could answer against us, but the problem is that it says openly, in Genesis, in Bereshit, chapter 21, verse 12, Where are you going to have the, where's your children going to come when he's speaking to Abraham? Not through Ishmael, through Yitzchak. It says it straight out. Uh, then the, the, you know, the Islamic people claim, no, 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 that really, we should have been, The Jews changed it to Yitzchak. We erased Ishmael and we changed it, we put it to Yitzchak. The, so, according to this, then, is, you know, Ishmael was the right son to be. A very, very obvious question is, is if Ishmael was the right son, then how come the Ishmaelim didn't get the Torah? Why did the Jews get the Torah? If anything, if the Ishmael is the right one, why did we get stuck with the Torah? It should have gotten, Chas Hashem get stuck with it. How come we were, we were you know, privileged to, to, to get the Torah and not the Ishmael who was supposed to get it? They had to wait almost 2,500 years afterwards, a little over 2,000 years. Oh, and then, you know, God's going to be like, <laughs> you know, guess what? Everything is wrong. You're right now. You know, Muhammad is going to be you through, through Jibreel and, and that's going to be that. It's a very, very uh, weak claim. They... They agree, and these are some of the things they agree. They agree that the Jews received the Torah, not the Muslims. They, you know, uh, you know and they, they agree that until Muhammad came, Islam, there was no, Ishmaelim didn't worship one God. They worshipped, you know, a bunch of idols, or sand worshippers. They worshipped a bunch of Abu Dazara. They agree that the Jews went into Egypt, not the Muslims. They also agree that the Jews received the land of Israel and not the Muslims. And this is where I get, you know, where we are today. I have a hard time. I don't know how the thought process connects the two. But this is what they, uh, they do claim. We could also say also that in the Torah, in Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1 through 4, it says very, very clearly that all the mitzvot, the entire Torah, will be, will be remaining and binding forever. Which means is that anybody who comes to change the Torah, you're, is a false prophet, you're not allowed to listen to it. Now, if God, which will obviously know the future, everybody claims, you know, that, that you know, any divine power like that will know the future. So if God knew that the Jews were going to corrupt the Torah, he shouldn't have wrote that inside there. Why would God write that these laws are binding forever? He's going to be like, no, wait a minute. The Jews are going to mess it up. It really should have put it in parentheses or an asterisk, you know, a little bit on the side. You know, you're going to do it, but then there's going to come another prophet. His name is Muhammad, Muhammad. And he's going to come, and he is going to go, and he's going to correct everything. But yet nothing says like that. And in fact, if the Torah says that these commandments are binding forever, that, that's a very big stance right there. That's telling you that these commandments are going to be the same forever. It's not going to be changed, it's not going to be altered. Because if God's telling you that it's staying forever, that means it's going to stay forever. The, the question is, is that they claim that the Torah was distorted. And they use, the, the language that they use for this is tarif. 
Tarif is very interesting. It's almost like taref, like treif. They use the word tarif, which means alterations. This is what the Quran claims it, that the, 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 the Torah was, was altered by the Jews. However, they don't give any evidence. It's like one of those people that, it's wrong, but I'm not going to give you any evidence. I'll give you the, the idea behind it. Um, giving these, this like mini-series that we're doing on other religions, I knew I was going to get heat on all these things from all the believers of the other religions. I didn't anticipate the amount that I was going to get. I've been getting tremendous amount. Well, Went on a That's only what you see online. You don't see what goes behind the scenes. They claim that it's still, it's still wrong. It's still not to their benefit. If they agree that we got the Torah on Mount Sinai, yeah. so how can God give it to us and tell us that He has chosen each man in the Torah? Exactly. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But they claim they changed it. That's why. That's they have a very. very we have to give it to them. They have a very very strong claim that the Christians don't have. Because we could go to the Christians and say, "Listen, you believe in our Torah? Yes." It says in my Torah that I can prove your thing wrong. We go to Ishmael, you believe in our Torah? Eh, you know? You know, so those, you know, we can't, what are we going to prove to them? However, let's see if we can prove it that it's not possible that the Torah was distorted. But speaking about what I said about it before, the amount of heat that I'm getting from all these classes, I'm getting nonstop people that are saying, you're wrong. You have false information. So I simply reply back, okay, please enlighten me. Not one yet has given me an answer. Not one. And I, I have people, from whatever you see, they write verses. Like just quote verses. You should read it. Yeah, they just comment on the... For, there, there are some people, I stop even reading their stuff. I don't have time to read, you know, you, you're going to start quoting Isaiah 53. I mean, I read it before. Someone, someone tells me, like, you should read Isaiah 53. I'm like, I did. You should read Isaiah 52, 51, 49, and so on and so forth. The whole book is pretty good also. You know, try just reading the, you know, not one chapter. Um, maybe you could understand what it's actually talking about. So, the, the idea behind it is that they claim that I'm wrong. They claim, no, 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 you have wrong information. So, I'm like, okay, prove it to me. Just, just tell me what I'm wrong. I, and I've mentioned this before. If I'm wrong in any of these classes, if I'm wrong to an extent that what I said, the proof that I said was wrong, I would gladly come online or whatever it is, and I'll say I was wrong in it and I'll change it. Uh, you know, I'm opening it up for you to, to argue with it. But yet, no one has ever, you don't understand, you don't have the divine you know, spirit in you, you don't have, you know, uh, all these things that don't mean anything. And in fact, for, for Christianity itself, you know why I'm so confident in, in these things? Because I have letters that a rabbi sent to the Vatican Church. And I have the correspondence, a back and forth. If the Vatican couldn't get an answer for it, you know, I don't think a guy who's, you know, decided to, you know, fight against another, another rabbi be like, hey, you know, you're wrong. You know, I have all the answers. I'm like, you should be the Pope. You should really be the Pope if you have all the answers. Uh, we'll get you a Pope mobile, give you a cape and, um, and a hat, and then you could... Uh, you know, whatever. Okay, moving on. So, the, going back to the idea. So, so when you're trying to prove something wrong, so the, it's, it goes both ways. I could prove something, but then you have the right to prove me back. But if you're not able to prove me back, you're just saying that I'm wrong, that, doesn't, that, that means, it just validates everything that I said, that you don't have anything. Just by claiming I'm wrong, it's like, you know, like a little kid fight. You know, like, you know, you're a fatso. No, no, you're a fatso. But like, okay, fine. You know, you know, we'll everyone go on their separate ways. We're all fat, and that's it. We move on with our lives. It doesn't prove anything, one thing or another. So, when looking at the idea, when looking at the idea, was the Torah distorted? So we have three options of when the Torah could be distorted, which means that the Torah was changed by the Jews. Let's look at these three options. If and if we're able to knock out these three options, that brings us a very, very strong proof that the Torah was not changed. So number one, it was never given correctly. I'll give you all three of them, then we'll explain it. Number two, it was messed up, it was distorted somewhere in the beginning. Or number three, it was distorted somewhere in the middle. And we'll soon see why the end, well we, don't, we can't say the end because the end, we're not at the end. So it's either in the, right in the beginning, in the, it was given wrong, 
in the beginning it was messed up, it was given right, in the beginning it was messed up, or in the middle somehow it was messed up. So let's go through all of them and see if we can prove it uh, wrong. If the idea that it was never given correctly is a very, very hard one to, to grasp. That means that God deliberately gave the wrong Torah to the Jewish people. Now that's very, why would God give some, somebody like the wrong ideas and then wait, you know, 2,000 plus years until Muhammad comes along and then gives the right one? It logically, it doesn't make any sense. Additionally, they claim, you know, let's say JC, for example. They claim JC was a prophet. JC did not say that the Torah was wrong. If JC was a prophet, and in fact they claim Eliyahu, all the prophets that they bring down, not one of them, the, not any of these prophets, Jewish, non-Jewish, whatever they claim, claims that the Torah was wrong. Now, if the Torah was given wrong, and there were prophets that were speaking with God, speaking with angels, whatever they, you know, the, the Islamic belief believes in, they should have said, hey, by the way, you know, you, know, you should do this and this, and by the way, uh, what you got going on over there, <laughs> that's, that's wrong, we gotta, you know, we gotta change it around. But yet, no one, not one prophet, in the history of the world of prophets that are real, can claim, that does, does have any of this type of claim? Only Muhammad, only Muhammad comes along and says this was, uh, this was wrong. So again, the fact that it was given in the beginning is a very weak claim in itself. The next idea is maybe it was given correctly, the Torah was given correctly, but it was messed up right in the beginning. The reason why this is very, very hard to grasp also is because if the Torah was given correctly, that means that everybody has it fresh in their minds. So in order to change something right away, when everyone's fresh in the mind, you can't do that. You can't imagine somebody trying to go and tell you right now the twin towers was just one tower. I'm like you know, I remember it. I re, you know, I remember living through that thing. You can't tell me that it was one tower. I know that it was two towers. The government would play projections. You know, you tell me from today until tomorrow everything that you want. It's two towers. I know that for a fact, and you can't change it. If the Torah was changed right at the beginning, the Jews heard the Torah. You can't it'd be like, I know what I'm talking about. I was there. I saw the laws. I heard the laws. I wrote the laws. I have everything down. You can't claim that it's different. So in the beginning, also can be. What about in the middle? In the middle is a good claim. A thousand years go by. And the Torah was, was changed by then. The problem for that would be that if the Torah was changed in the middle, then we would see many different versions of the Torah. We wouldn't see one, because if one was changed, so then we would have some manuscripts of the old one, and we have a, one was changed a little bit different, the other one was changed a little bit different. Everything is changed a little bit different. So, if it was changed, we would see many versions of the Torah. Yet, we don't have many versions of the Torah. We have one version of the Torah, unlike the New Testament, unlike the Quran, which has numerous types of different versions of the Torah. So again, it cannot be that it was changed middle, because then we would have proof of that, of other versions that it was changed. So, the... And even furthermore, even if you want to bring in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which I want to speak about about a different time, maybe I'll speak about it when we do Bible criticism, but if you want to bring in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which was, I don't know, about a thousand years before Muhammad came along, that did not contradict, you know, that, that was more or less the same. So, when, when you're, we have, we have proof that the Torah stayed the same throughout the entire period of time. So now, in light of this evidence, the, you know, Islam comes along and says, you know what, it's a good point. So it must be, you know, when it was changed, it was changed after Muhammad. After Muhammad, it was changed. And that's when the things were, were, you know, was changed. The problem with that is, is that we have manuscripts after, before, from before Muhammad, from after Muhammad, they're all the same. It's, you know, Muhammad was 1400 years ago. We have manuscripts that claim what it was before and afterwards. Everything stays exactly the same. We have hard evidence, hard evidence, that the Torah is the same as it was always before. Now, if the Torah was the same as it was before, that means right away, the whole, the whole book of, of, you know, of the Quran has a very big flaw in it. Because how can you claim that it was faulted if we can't prove that it's faulted? And you cannot prove that it's faulted. So what makes it wrong? And if, and if our Torah is right, and that means that they're wrong, and then there's nothing even to talk about. They also have some conflicting information. In uh, Surah, 
<clears throat> chapter 20, verse 85 through 88, it says the prophet Moses, he, uh, you know, the, when the story of the, the eagle, the golden calf, thank you, the golden calf, the, um, the Quran claims that it was a Samaritan that went and accused people to go and lead the people astray. He was the one who took people out. The problem with that is a very big problem because the Samaritans didn't even come into existence until about 530 years after Moshe. So which means is they got the dates really, really wrong. You have over here the Torah is speaking about, you know, it, it, they're claiming that there were people that didn't come into existence yet for another over 500 years that they're the ones who went and changed the, and changed the Torah. And, I'm sorry, and, and uh, brought people away from the, to, to worship the golden calf. They also claim in uh, Surah chapter 28 verse 8 and Surah chapter 40 verse 36 and 37 that Paro met with Haman. Now anybody, I would say maybe third grade level, maybe third or fourth grade level, would know that Paro and Haman did not live in, in the same times. It's very, very obvious. If they confuse people up, that's very likely. I'm sure they confuse people up, but that means that it's not divine. If you have such mistakes like that, then it's a very big problem. You're talking about over a thousand years gap. How do they talk to each other? They actually met with him. Not in the time of uh, not in the time of Haman. Until today, they might be called power. Until today? Yeah, like it's there. No, they don't call it. It was present. Uh, blah 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 blah. I don't know. They the you know so the Muslim the Muslim, you know what they they claim they claim that no 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 really. They don't claim that it was another Paro. They, they claim that we changed it. Haman was really in the time of Paro. We just met, we just changed it all up. Uh, and the Rambam just answers this back. This story perm happened then. Somewhere, the, I think they claim it that, I don't know or if it was... Yeah, I guess something like that. They claim it that they were at the same time. I don't know if they say it was the earlier version or the late version. But, but they claim that the same. has the entire, you know, uh, Megillah history by them. They have it. We have it also. <laughs> I'm no, saying, but... Yes, but if we want to bring proofs, we can get from Iran history. They have it that we use... You're, at, you're telling me. I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> I'm not arguing. I, yeah, yeah. We have to get the proof. We have to get the proof. We don't even have to that because we have Migilat Esther. We have documents from before already Muhammad came into the, to being that when, when this story happened. But it doesn't so, help us. They think our things are misconstrued. So again, so that's why we... So you no, know, but we have documents that it was of the dates, which means is... We have a document when it actually happened. The daytime, they, even if they say they messed it up, we have the document when it when it started. You could you could you know date it. You could do all these different things of it. So once you once you have that information, even if they think the the text inside is wrong, but the proof that we actually have from when it happened that they can't claim that's even wrong. If we show from your history, then they'll say, oh, like you think that's going to help? No. Yeah, so <laughs> the they also know they also say that the daughter of Pavel. Uh, we know, I'm sorry, we know that the Torah of power raised Moshe, right? We see this in Exodus chapter 22, verse 5 to 9. However, the Quran claims that it was Paro's wife. Also, a very, very big contradiction. Again, they could say we changed it. Say, yeah, it was his wife that raised, uh, raised uh, Moshe. But where it gets a little bit more interesting is that in Surah chapter 19, verse 27 through 28, it states that Mary, which is JC's mother, was the sister of Moshe, which means that Mary, Mary was Miriam. Moshe had a sister, Miriam. They claim that J.C., which means this, that J.C. was Moses' nephew. Which that is, I mean, that's 1,300 years you're dealing with of a difference in time over here. You can't, now again, I, I, you know, this just shows that it's a lack of, um, the lack of divinity in the inconsistencies of, of what it has over here. They claim also that that Kedat Yitzchak, wasn't a Kedat Yitzchak, it was a Kedat Yishmael. Uh, the problem, again, that we have with this, we have the Septuagint. The Septuagint was a Greek translation of the Torah, 
which existed roughly about 700 years before Muhammad came into being. Before even Muhammad came, to, and it says in that already, it says that it was, uh, it says that it was Yitzhak and Anishmael. Furthermore, if they, they are claiming him as a prophet, then where are the prophecies? Show us some prophecies. The Torah, we have prophets. They said prophecies. Muhammad doesn't have any prophecies in the, in, you know, in the Torah, uh, in his, uh, in his Quran. They also, they also claim that the crucifixion in Surah chapter 12 verse 41, that in the time of Yosef, this is Yosef at Sadiq in the Old Testament, there was crucifixions. There were the people used to get crucified. And in fact, in Surah chapter 7 verse 124, uh, chapter 26 verse 49, they also claim that Pyro threatened the magicians to die through crucifixion. However, we don't have no archaeological and no historical evidence that this is what the Egyptians used to practice, crucifixion. In fact, this came in much later in history. So they are claiming things that there's no, there's no validation uh, for it. Also, Alexander the Great is mentioned in the Quran. It's in uh, Surah chapter 18, verse 83 to 98. He, it's actually, his name is not Alexander the Great over there. It's actually Dul Quran Ya'im. Ya'im. Quran Ya'im. It's, uh, um, for sure pronouncing it wrong. But any claim, the majority of the Muslim scholars claim that this is indeed uh, Alexander the Great. And they claim over there that he was righteous and, good, and a God-fearing man. And he would lead the people into the fold of the Islamic faith. Now, anybody that does just a little bit of research on Alexander the Great could see that he wasn't the godly... Well, I shouldn't say that because he did claim to be God. Uh, he literally claimed to be a god, a son of an Egyptian god. So, you know, to, say, to call him a righteous man, nobody calls him in history a righteous man. A good warrior? Yes. Successful in what he did? Yes. But a good man, if you read just a little bit about what he used to do, he was not considered a good man. Granted, he was good to the Jews... And that's why you have a lot of children named Alexander, right? I think they switch it to Sasha. Sasha in Russian yeah, is Alexander, right? I, I don't know how they Russia got to that. Right, so, but that's, that's Alexander, right? Yeah. Right. Because he was good to the, to the Jews during the time of, you know, Shimon al-Tadik, whatever, it's a long story in itself. Very interesting. The Quran also says that in Surah, Surah, chapter 13, verse 3, chapter 15, verse 19, chapter 50, verse 7, and a few more, that the earth is flat. It was a flat earth. The... Well, I don't have to tell you the problem with that. We actually have pictures that it's not. Um, I don't know if they, that we Jews probably falsify that also because uh, we control the media. The Quran or the Bible? The Quran. The, in Surah, chapter 18, verse 86, says that the sun settles in a muddy, uh, in a muddy spring. Like it literally goes into a muddy spring. Uh, we know that the reason why the sun is setting, it looks like it's setting, is because of the circular and the rotational properties of our planet. It looks like it's setting. But the sun doesn't actually set into anything. It's just the way that our planet moves. So this is just, you know, obvious issues that, that we have um, with, with it. But all in all, you look at it, it's, even if you take all that aside, you have one person claiming divine prophecy against a national revelation of the Jewish people. And there's, not, there's no even sufficient evidence to say that. They do claim something very interesting. Then in Shira Shirim, it says Muhammad inside over there. They claim over there, and um, Shira Shirim, chapter 5, verse 16, it says this. It says, Chiku mamtakim v'chulo machmadim zedodi v'zerei b'not Yerushalayim. Machmadim, they claim, ah, Muhammad, machmadim. Um... The problem with that, let me translate what that means. That means his palate is sweet, and he is altogether desirable. Mahmadim means desirable, lovely, cute, desirable, Mahmadim. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Yerushalayim. Now, Mahmadim is plural form of Mahmad, Mahmid. Uh, the, if we would translate it, let me translate the way the Muslims would translate it for you. Um, it, would, it would say this, his mouth is most sweet, and he is altogether Muhammad's. 
This is my beloved and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. This is my Mohammeds. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, you can't even... Mahmadim is plural of... It, it, I, I don't know. I, I really... That it doesn't make any sense to me. Anyways, um, realizing um, the idea behind it. All, all that being said, with all that stuff that we can prove that it's not a divine religion, we still really much you know, appreciate the fact that they actually go and serve one God. Because it's it. We are supposed to be aligned to the nation. They're actually serving one God. Taking away, you know, the jihadist and, uh, you know, ideology, which again, the, the you know, mentality that you've got to kill everybody who doesn't believe in you is a very big problem, obviously. But if you take that away, they're not saying there's, there's plenty of good Muslims out in the world. There are plenty of people that they follow the Islam thing. And it's, and it's questionable. I didn't look into this, but I'm wondering, and, and it will be a different question depending on how they, they see, you know, Muhammad. There's different variances in what we'll do. Uh, but it's possible that what they're doing actually represents like Sheva Mitzvah bin Enoch, what they're doing. Again, not the murdering part, because that obviously just knocks it all out. But everything else that might actually, you know, sort of, you know, there's a few issues that we would have to deal with, but that comes closer than almost any other religion or, or cult. And that's why, you know, the, again, the, you know, the Jews and, uh, and the Islam, we do get along in ideology more than any other uh, of, of the religions and the, and the cults. So, what I want to go on and move on from this is there was a sort of... Um, a sort of a break off from Islam. And again, we don't have to, once we, once we refute or disprove or show problems with a mother religion, we don't have to go and speak about the daughter religions because once you got that, you know you can move on uh, to the next. But I will touch upon this uh, very briefly. The, the Bahi religion has millions of followers. The Quran teaches that, that Allah has 99 names. And the Bahi faith, which was rooted in Islam, teaches that the Baha, the glory, which means the glory, is the special 100th hidden name of God. So, the, the Ba'i faith, faith, they grew out of the Shiite Islam, and you know, there's two different types of Islams, which didn't, we didn't get to the Guzim, the Guzim, we didn't have to get into all those uh, different things, because they're, they're more or less the same, uh, the Guzim is actually a completely different, uh, you know, ideas, but we don't have to get into that, because it, it falls under the same uh, category um, that we've been dealing with. In any case, the, the Ba'i religion is very, very interesting religion, because they accept all other religious prophets, they're like, everybody's right, Everybody's right. It's like a nice, like, you know, we're all one family. Let's, you know, sing and hold hands together. Everybody's right. And it's just an ongoing revelation of God. So the Jews are right. The Christians are right. Muhammad's right. Everybody's right. It's just a continuation of what's going on over here. They even claim that Buddha was right. Which, you know, Buddha was an atheist. I mean, I, I didn't even know, like, he wasn't, he didn't claim to be a prophet. So I didn't even know how they, they threw them in. But they put an insider. This is a very big problem. By them claiming that everybody is right, and it's just a continuation, what's the big problem over here? Every single one of them, when you're dealing with the different religions, they contradict each other. The Jewish prophets don't agree with JC, even though it came afterwards. JC doesn't agree with Islam, doesn't, uh, you know, Christianity doesn't agree with Islam. So, if you're saying that they all came one after another, then they should all agree with each other. You can't claim that they all have the same ideas. You could, let's say they'll claim, yeah, but they all have different paths leading to the same goal. They don't. They really don't have the same paths. And they're not leading to the same goals. If you go to a Christian and say, if I'm going to be a good Islam, Islam uh, you know, practice Islam really well, am I going to go to heaven? No. You go to uh, you know, Islamic person and says, if I'm going to be a good Christian or a good Jew, am I going to go to heaven? No. That's not one path, different path leading to the same direction. It says, my path or the highway. And this is what their prophets told them. So by you claiming that everybody's right is just showing the lack of, I don't know, research that you did or, or just understanding of what it means to agree to everybody else. If you want, even if you want to claim only elements of what they said was correct, it's still problematic because their fundamental beliefs of what they prophesied about would be inherently wrong. So, the, the idea, that the, the way that it started, this is a pretty recent religion, is it started, uh, it sort of started in 1844. 
by, uh, there was a, um, a person by the name of Ali Muhammad of Shiraz. He was a 24-year-old Persian merchant, and he, you know, he proclaimed there's going to be an imminent appearance of a new messenger from God. And uh, he's going to go and he's, gonna, it's, he's known, going to be known as the hidden imam. It's going to be a messianic uh, figure in the Shia Islam. And he's going to call himself the Bab, which is the gateway. And he's going to put in a whole new you know, ideas and the era of peace and tranquility and so on and so forth. He was executed by a firing squad shortly after that. For Obviously the Muslims were not going for that. They were like, no, this is not going to happen. And six short years later, he was executed by a firing squad. Then there was a guy who called himself Baha'u'llah which is known as the translation as the glory of God. He was a follower of this bab. And in 1852, two years after he, um, after he was killed, the, the, you know, the, his uh, you know, teacher, if you guess you call him, he, this guy, the follower, was arrested. And he was in jail. While he was in jail, he realized that all along he was the messianic prophet. Go figure. It was him all along. And during then, he started to preach it out. And that's when he started. And he started getting a lot of followers. And they were also put into prison. And then they started the Bahi, uh, the Bahi faith. The, they have some, some, you know, that's why in, in 1863 is when it officially became the Bahi faith. Bahi means the followers of glory. They, um, they claim very interesting things. First of all, they claim that the universe um, has no beginning and has no end. Always existed. This is a outright disagreement with science because science claims the Big Bang. The Big Bang means that it had to have a beginning. The Torah and everything, which is also a problem if you believe in the old prophets that told you that Bereshit Ba'alokim. Right in the beginning, God created the, the, you know, the heavens and the earth. If God created the heavens and the earth, how can you say that there was always a beginning? So you take some of their information, you don't take all of their information. Regardless of whatever way you're looking at it, it's wrong even if you just deal with it from a scientific perspective. The, they, they also claim that you cannot achieve personal salvation on their own. You have to rely on the teachings of Bahu'u'llah, and that's the only way to get to, uh, to heaven. They also, and this is something very important, whenever I do uh, research on a different religion, there's a few aspects that I look at. I look at the founder, the founding date, some information about them, get a little bit of information. Also their text, the texts are very important, what they claim. Besides that, it's very common when you read any of these books that, that claim of comparative religion, they always state one same idea across the board, what do they believe in the afterlife? It's very important because one of the main things of, that, of a religious belief is what happens in the afterlife. The Ba'i faith does not have the afterlife well defined. Doesn't even, you know, the founders itself didn't even ex- teach about the existence of heaven or, or Gehenna or hell. So, Again, this brings a very, very weak, uh, you know, substance to, to, what you're, uh, to what you're saying. But even, even if we take all that away, at the end of the day, it was one guy who had a vision. There was another guy who came after him that grabbed that vision and ran with it. And then he came. But how can you prove that it's right? You can't. You want to believe him. You have to believe one dude. And one dude. Maybe he was bipolar. Maybe he wasn't. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that he was, you know, mentally ill. He could have been, uh, you know, completely there. But how do you know? Do you, how do you know when you're believing in one person... And one person you're believing in, you're putting in all your eggs in one basket. You're saying, this must be true. How do you know? And that's why the way that Judaism started was not by one person. Because, well, you know, if Moshe just would have came to that guy, I just spoke to God, and this is what he told him. No. The entire Jewish nation saw, they heard God. They, they, they heard, it's crazy. How can This is what we're coming on. You know, they heard it. They saw They, they died from it. It's a national revelation. If anybody wants to claim that after the Jewish nation, another religion came and tried to change it, then just like God did a national revelation the first time around, he could have done it the second time around. Why didn't he? He should have had. If Islam was correct, if Christianity was correct, JC should have been around thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, just like the first one, says, hey, listen, God, you know, this is God, you're God speaking, Jews are messed up, I'm etchesketim, you're the new chosen people. And then so on and so forth. Why didn't he? If this would be the right, why only one man? 
It makes absolutely no sense when you think about it. Why? It makes and yet you have people that go and uh, you know and they continue and they uh, believe in in this in this idea. I want to speak for the last uh, short while that we have is about some cults. Anybody here ever heard of Heaven's Gate? I do a lot of research. Very good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Marshall Applewhite, right? Yeah, Marshall Applewhite. He did speak about it. He brought it in a different idea. The, Okay, so Heaven's Gate, for everyone's not uh, familiar, he, um, there was a guy by the name of Marshall Applewhite. Um, fairly recently, the, um, this, re- this cult ended very, very abruptly in 1997. You'll soon see why. But um, he, he claimed like this, that um, he was an alien. Bear with me. He was an alien <laughs> that he went into Jesus' body back when Jesus was around. And then again, in 1970s, he came into his current body, Marshall Applewhite. So he's like, you know, an alien Jesus situation coming back over here. And uh, he gave a prophecy. And the prophecy is that there's a spaceship. There's a spaceship that's going to be traveling, and it's going to be on the tail of the Haley Bob Comet. And if you want to get, this is the Heaven's Gate, if you want to get to Heaven, you have to, you have to catch a ride on that spaceship. And if you catch a ride on the spaceship, then you're going to go in. So, in uh, uh, March, I believe it was March 23rd, 1997, 21 women and 18 men voluntarily committed suicide to go and get onto this, uh, you know, Heaven's Gate, this, this uh, UFO. He, what he did was he combined elements of Christianity and UFOs, I guess, and he put them together and he created his own thing. And by the way, these people weren't like these homeless people that he found on the street, you know, that were collecting charity. Like, hey, I'll give you a warm meal. You want to believe my religion? And, you know, between them speaking of themselves, you know, they'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll join your religion. You want to join mine too? I'm also I'm the Messiah, you know? Like, yeah, it wasn't those type of people. These were professionals. People left their families to join him. People left their... It's, it's unbelievable of what the... He was... I don't know. Maybe he was a smooth talker. I don't know what... It, you know, there, there, there must... You're right. There must have been something that he was able to get. So, you know, it, it wasn't millions of people. It wasn't even thousands of people. But to get these type of people... Hitler didn't com- t- tell people to commit suicide so he could get on a spaceship. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same idea, but to kill other people. Killing other people, he convinced anybody very easily. You know, Islamic, very easy. Kill other people, not a problem. You know, you know the the Germans. They would kill all the Jews, but you tell a German you're going to kill, kill all the you'll kill five hundred thousand Jews, but you're going to have to die in it. No, thank you. You know, give me my schnitzel, and you know, I'll go, you know, go away. They're, they're not what? <laughs> so the, you know, and, and not only that, they also have to wear they all have to wear black shirts, black pants. They have to wear some sort of Nike sneakers as well. Um, they they all had to. And what they did was is that they they took a lethal mixture of phenobarbital and vodka, then they laid down to to die. They also just in case they secured a plastic bag around their heads to make sure that if they don't die that way, that through uh, you know, asphyxiation, they will die as well. When they, when they found them, and this happened in California, if I'm not mistaken, I think it happened in California. The, uh, when they found them, each one of them had a $5 bill and three quarters in their pockets. The $5 bill was to cover, you know, obviously the fines that they have to pay when they get there, and they had the quarters to make phone calls. So he was able to convince them to such an extent that they were willing to commit suicide Know that they're going to need currency in the next world. They're going to be payphones in there because quarters for the payphones, um, and they're going to be able to dial back over here. Now, when you're looking at something like this, if one person can convince that, then what is to say what people can convince when you're believing in one person? When you believe in one person, there's only obviously this is a, you know you can't even comp- compare this to anything else. You know these people are committed suicide. But this is going to lead me to a next uh, you know and the final religion I want to speak about tonight is Scientology. Scientology is <clears throat> probably one of the most controversial religions nowadays. In fact, there are many countries that don't want to claim that they're a religion. And, but there, there are many countries that do claim them to be a religion. It was created in the 1950s by a person by the name of Ron Hubbard. Ron Hubbard, he wrote a self-help book, was pretty successful. He's like, you know what? 
Let's make a religion out of it. And he just went and he took it and he made it into a religion. He created Scientology out of it. Now, what I'm about to share with you is very, very top secret information. And in fact, in order to get this information, you have to be in part of the Scientology you know, cult and pay thousands of thousands, close to $100,000 just to get to what I'm, what, I, what I'm teaching you. This is one of the highest level. The way that it works, just so that you understand, is that you come over there. You ever see these people, they go on, they, they're in the trains and be like, hey, you stressed? You got some stuff? Hold these metal poles and I'm going to ask you some questions. You ever see that? And then they have a thing. You, you never seen this thing? No one ever seen it? All right. So they go and they, it's called an audit. They audit you and see what's going on you know, inside you. Then they bring you into the church. In order to go into the church, it's, it sounds very similar to a college. You have to take a course. Once you take a course, you, you obviously pay for it, a few thousand dollars, then you go to the next course. And then once you pass that course, you go into the next course, the next course, and next course. Every course you pay more and more money. The higher you get, the more free that you'll be, the spiritually free that you're going to be. When you get to a very, very high level cor- course, which is what I'm going to share with you right now, I'm going to charge you all. No, okay. <laughs> so, um, this information has been leaked on the internet already for a while. Um, uh, yeah, so this is the story of Zinyu. There was a, this happened 75 million years ago, there was an alien galactic ruler by the name of Zinyu. Zinyu, Zinyu. He was in charge of all the planets. There were, all, there were 76 planets. Each planet was overpopulated tremendously. Like each planet had an average of 178 billion people. Now, he wanted to get rid of this overpopulation. So what he did was, is, with the help of his cronies, with the help of his renegades, he would call them over and he told all the good people, come in for your audits. You have an income tax audit that they have to come in for. And when they came there with the help of psychiatrists and media, he persuaded billions of people to come in and then he injected their lungs with alcohol and glycol to paralyze them. Now once they are paralyzed, this is, by the way, this is really what uh, this is really what they believe. They were put into spaceships. These spaceships, if you want to know how it looks, it looks exactly like DC-8 airplanes, except they had rocket engines instead of propellers. And they flew to the planet Earth, where hundreds of billion of paralyzed people were stacked around the bases of volcanoes. Then what this you know ruler did, he took an H bombs, he took a bunch of H bombs, and he lowered them into the volcanoes, and then he detonated those H bombs, killing everybody. And, but everybody has souls. He wasn't going to be a fool. What are you going to do with the souls? So he created these... Uh, now, these souls were being blown around by, by these nuclear winds. So he created special traps that caught them in electric beams, like sticky like flypaper. By the way, I'm, these things I'm quoting. Um, then they, they had these force fields that were packaged these souls into clusters. By the way, this all took place in Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> and they, well, they, they packaged all these souls into clusters. And then... They put them in these huge cinemas, huge movie theaters, and brainwashed them, uh, you know, through hypnosis, whatever it is. For 36 days, they were watching 3D motion pictures of traumatic, horrific things. This is where also they were told about God. They were also told about Christianity. They were also told about all these future religions. How long ago was this? 75 million years ago. They had this kind of media? Yeah, yeah. Well, they have spaceships, you know. They're, they're, yeah. So... They, so they claim that today everybody on earth is possessed. What happened was that after these souls broke free from their you know, uh, traumatic experience, they were floating around. There were a few bodies that were still around. Uh, still around. So all the souls sort of inhabited those bodies. They you know, possessed those bodies. And they claim that everybody here today on earth is possessed by clusters of soul. They call them the body thetans. That in order to become spiritually free, you have to come to our thing and you have to pay us some money and we'll teach you how to get rid of all these uh, souls. So all these things. So... The, you know, Ron Hubbard was quoted by a publisher, and I'm, quote, I'm quoting this, writing is too much of a struggle. The way to, make, to really make money is to start your own religion. And hence, Scientology came into being. The, yeah, so the, the you know, the, 
upper level, this high, by the way, this high level, most of the Scientology people are not allowed to learn about this. this the information that I just gave you, they're not allowed to learn about it. In fact, people that even know about this in the Scientology realm are not allowed to share this with others. They're not allowed to share this with others. Uh, why? Very good reason, because this, uh, you know, Ron Hubbard, he was the only one in 75 million years that would be able to go and achieve this without um, hurting, in fact, he did, he came, he broke his back, his arm, he, you know, he hurt himself in order to get to this high level. And only through his courses, and only through these things can you achieve release of all these, uh, all these souls. And if somebody goes, if someone tries to get ahead of this and, and skip levels, they could die with pneumonia. I think that's a curse that's inside of there. I don't know. They said you could die uh, with, with pneumonia. The Church of Scientology goes and they, they, they deny or they try to hide this story. Uh, but it has been leaked via court documents. You have a lot of people that left the religion that they claim, uh, you know, this is true. This is really what they do, um, what they do, really do uh, teach. So, you know, the, basically they claim very simply that everyone's aliens. We're trapped in and we've got to free, uh, free ourselves. Uh, they also, it's very interesting because they don't claim anything about God, anything about the divine. It's more of a self-help. The way that they started is very, very smart. They started with like psychological self-help courses. Like, oh yeah, this is great. I, you know, I could, I could do this, and I could do this, and I could do that. And then eventually you get stuck to it until, bam, aliens. And then you get stuck with that. So the... And, and you know, this is where you have, you know, Tom Cruise, if I'm not mistaken, donated roughly about $25 million to this, uh, to this uh, thing. You have a lot of, you know, big, uh, big shot celebrities. They have a lot, a lot of money. And... They also claim to have a lot of followers. Very, very controversial. How many followers they have? From 70,000, you get to somewhere to 15 million. You know, it's a very, very wide range of things. I know I said this was their last one. I forgot there was one more. Very short one. We're just going to touch very briefly about the North Korea religion, which I'm sure everybody knows everything about. North Korea, the Korea that you don't want to go to. The, um, I don't know what you can do in South Korea, but um, it's a religion called Jush. Jush is so North, it's followed by about 22 million people. Um, the reason why... I only need a few minutes for this, is because it was created by uh, North Korea's president at the time, Kim Il-sung, uh, in 1955. This is, originally it consisted of two basic ideas. One is that the Korean Workers' Party Revolution it belongs to the people. Second, the masses of people need to, organize, need to be organized by a guided great leader. And that was going to be Kim Il-sung himself. The, after he died, it was further developed by his son. And uh, in fact, what they did was they, they sort of molded this religion similar to Christianity. But they don't, nothing to do with Christianity, but they, they claim like a similar trinity. The, the North Koreans, uh, they, 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 they pray to three, pray bow, I can't even, I don't even know how to explain this. Three people, the Kim Il-sung, his son, and the mother. There's three, and in fact, in every North Korean home, you have to have on your best wall, three portraits of them. Three portraits, well, one of each, and you have to bow down to them, you know, and you have to, and you have to, and eventually, eventually, after you die, you'll be reunited with, uh, you know, the former ruler, and, uh, you know, I guess, uh, again, live under his rule. I, I don't know, you know, that's their uh, long-term girl, goal. The, if somebody goes and neglects those pictures, that's a capital crime. That is a capital crime. You cannot neglect those, 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 uh, those uh, portraits, and it has to be kept in pristine condition. The problem that you, well, I don't even think I have to disprove this. I mean, this is just... If you think about it, as a dictator, it's a very, there's a reason why all dictators want to be God, because you don't mess with gods. They want to keep up on the rules, so you go and bow down to the God, you came and you got to listen to it. No matter what he says, you have to listen. Very smart thing. But there's no, there's like nothing even to speak about, like, did he prove that he was God? Did he, no even divine revelation. Nothing. In fact, they, some of them consider themselves atheists. They don't believe in God. They believe, whatever. They, this is God. Whatever it is, they'd be reunited. But it claims absolutely nothing. 22 million people. Now, granted, it's North Korea, so I don't know how many people actually are wanting to do that, or they just want to, you know, make sure they don't die um, and that's why they're following it but all 
all boils down to, you have all these, all these religions. Some of them are just cults that are very easily proven to be cults. But everything else that even you can say even has a possibility of truth in it, we were easily able to disprove it. And you didn't even have to go, some of them you had to go a little bit deeper than others, but they're all very, very easily disproven. But there's one thing that you have common in all and every single one of these religions and cults is that they all started with one, pe- one person. There is some, I don't know if I'll have a chance to bring about it, that they claim, no, 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 we had a divine revelation. And they say, oh yeah, so we're at, what happened to this divine revelation? Be like, well, they all died, but one person had a prophecy from God that these people had a divine revelation. So basically what they're claiming is, there was a group of people that had a divine revelation, they all died, then God went to another single prophet and told them about the divine revelation. That doesn't prove anything. That you just, you know, nasty stories. There's no way to, there's no way to check that. One religion st- stands out from everything else, and that is Judaism. Any questions? Yeah. Um, this, the, 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 I know that the Torah talks about Jesus. Um, in, in, in the Torah should have started. Yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me about that. Yeah. It talks about Jesus um, before, before he created the whole the Christianity. He was actually a Jew. They couldn't have loved Yeshua and Pachia and the whole story. How is that? But does the Torah speak about Muhammad at all? Muhammad came after already the Gemara was put into place. In fact, Muhammad, the, the Quran actually takes part of the old Torah. Takes some of the Midrashim, takes some of them the Mishnayot. The, the Gemara was already uh, sealed before, you know, before even Muhammad came into, into being. So, the only people that you speak about it, you have maybe the Rambam that speak about it afterwards. But the Gemara and the Mishnah, he came afterwards. There's nothing even to, uh, to, to, you know, even to talk about. Okay, another question. Um, why, why so, okay, I understand that it's possible that Muhammad was some illiterate person with a lot of luck, you know, who was able to gather a lot of people to follow him. But today it's like, I think three quarters of the world that follows this mm-hmm. community. And, and you're talking about a, like very educated people. It's not a couple of people or a million of people. It's like, and entire, like it's half, it's more than half of the world that follows that stupid religion that has absolutely no support from anywhere. Right. So you ask an excellent question. So it's not only that, it's also, you can also say Christianity. That happens about a third, uh, well, even less. It's about 7 billion people. You get 2 billion for, let's say, for rounded, rounded off, up or down for Islam and 2 billion for Christianity. How come they follow it? How come they follow it? Christianity, I, I, okay, Christianity can somehow, somehow make sense. They might, they, they, what they claim is that um, God chose the Jewish nation, yes, he did, but then they sinned so much that he changed his mind and he exchanged them for the Christian, for the Christians, and therefore there's the New Testament. Okay, so somehow you can think, okay, whatever, let them think whatever they want to think. What's the difference with the Islam then? Because Islam does not, does not say that there was God, that, that, that there was Moses and Hashem gave them Moses the... No, they do, they do claim that Moses gave Moses the Torah. They do? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, the so commands were given to Musa. Okay, but then... They say completely, okay, so this is, this is, he gave them whatever he gave them, but really God chose us, and everything that he gave them is now belongs to us, right? So this is completely, like, has no support. Yeah, but I thought, uh, even, regardless, I'll answer the same question that I can answer for that. The reason why majority of people follow it is n- follow any religion is not because they did research and they found out to be the right religion. It's because they were born into that religion or they grew up in the vicinity of the religion. And they, people came into it, they married into the religion, whatever it is like that. Very, very few people go and they search and they say, you know what, Christianity is right, Islam is right. Very few, but there are, there are some people that do that. Um, I'll tell you where the big problem is, is that when a lot of people go and they research uh, Judaism, somehow they come to reform. And in fact, I know many, many people, when they go and they convert first to Judaism, they convert through reform. And then they realize, you know, they got ditched, uh, they got messed over, and they have to go and they go through, then they go through Orthodox. But, you know, 
now it's actually getting a lot different. The reason why nowadays is very, very different is because now the Torah is becoming available on, in the online world. I have people listening to my classes from like the far parts of Africa to like the craziest parts that they know, you know, like I never even thought that people would be even interested in, in learning Torah. So you have a lot of people nowadays, that's why the conversion, the conversions nowadays is sky high. You have so many people converting from all over the world and dealing with a few of them into Judaism, yeah. They go, you have Christians, you have Islams, you go, they go and they go and they convert to Judaism. One of the reasons that you didn't have it is because we, we, us Jews, we don't go and preach, we don't preach others to come to our religion. Because we preach something very, very simple. You don't, you could go into heaven, just be a good snowhide. Keep a Shavuot Mitzvah Benenoch, and you're good. You don't have to be a Jew. Every other religion claims that you have to follow us or not. Judaism doesn't claim that. You could follow you, whatever it is, you know, the, the seven Mitzvahs Benenoch, live your life freely as, as you wish, and you have a place in heaven. So we're not there for conversion. But there's some people that want more than that. You have people, when people search, and they really search, search for the truth, and they look at the difference in it, Judaism comes out all the time. I have many people that I spoke to that they did. They, the reason why they got into Judaism, they searched. They searched and they searched and they searched. I know one guy that, he knows so, so much, he searched so many religions, so many things. And it, you know, he said, it's a very obvious. When you search, looking for the truth, one thing becomes obvious. And I'm not saying it becomes obvious because you feel divine presence. I'm saying using your brain. You use your logical understanding of things. You search the right way, the way that you're supposed to search. It becomes very obvious. There's no question. There's really no question. That is one of the reasons why I went through all these, all these, uh, you know, I guess famous or big religions to show you how different they all are and how you have so many people to follow them. The majority also, if you realize, a lot of people follow a certain religion, they're used to it. Everybody loves Jesus. It's like, you know, he's my homie. We know we grew up together. You know, I just believe in him. I forgive. They grew up, you know, praying to him before they go to sleep. They, you know, they have, you know, their, their Xmas trees. They have their holidays. They're, it's whatever. How many of them are already so, so religious that they go and they understand the whole New Testament? That they, how many, how many Christians people do you think you can, they can quote you some verses from the New Testament? Old Testament, whatever it is. Not many. Not many read it. They, they're more, you know, they believe it. They go to church Sundays. They hear the pastors, you know, tell them about being, you know, don't do unto your friend what you don't want done to yourself. Whatever it is. They tell you all nice stories. They sing some, you know, ooh, no, no. You know, some choirs in the background. And that's it. They go home. They pass around cheese and crackers, whatever, you know, wine. And, and that's it. That's the end of the, cer- you know, the ceremony. The, um, one thing I do got to say is some of them are so passionate. They're so passionate. They sweat and they're like, Do you believe in Jesus? Do you want to believe in the afterlife? And it's like, oh, yeah. And they go into it and they're so into it like that. You re- that, we really need to learn from them. You don't see people going like that and, you know, Do you believe in Moshe? Do you believe in the Torah? We're not thinking about the history of history. Sorry, are we real? Yeah, I guess so. But it is. But look at the... You see the passion that some of them go through with this. It's so unfortunate that it's idolatry. It's really unfortunate. It's, it's such a... It, you know, it's such a shame. I was, I was thinking about that. Like, look how unfortunate it is that they, some of them, they really want to do good. They really want to do what's right. And they try, they try so hard. They really do. And some of them are really good people. You know, that's a good question. I don't know what's going to be. And why, why does Judaism give, not, not only Judaism, why does the world in general, whoever looks at, at the Muslim, at the Quran, it, it makes no sense whatsoever in every aspect of it. Um, no support to it, and and we give it so much attention. They don't deserve that attention. That gives them. We give. We empower them by giving them attention. What do you mean attention? There is a lot of religions that are not worth talking about it. But the reason why we have to speak about it is just to show, first of all, to prevent people from falling into that religion. Because some of them will go and they how? how they fall into that? It's so stupid. Because it's very if you're a good talker, if you know how to write well, it's very easy to convince anyone of anything. Most people could be very are, are 
pretty, I don't say very gullible, but pretty gullible. If you present it the right way, it's a salesman. If you know how to sell something, you could sell someone something he doesn't need. You could sell someone thinking this is what he really needs. And, you know, and they're there. So they're able to go and convince him. It's really, it's a beautiful religion and it's that, you know. And maybe you could even say that it is, you know, taking away all the murdering, all the 160 plus verses that they, you know, speak about jihad and murdering other, you know, innocent people. Take all that away. Maybe it is, you know, a good religion you could think about it. But truth is not. That's one thing. That's one thing is, is for sure. But again, which is very interesting, that out of all the religions, it's closest as you get to monotheism. It's closest as you get to believing in one God. And as that, as Jews, we respect. We do respect that. We don't respect the you know us, you trying to murder everybody. But what? Well, Muhammad was very smart. He put a little bit of the truth inside. Mhm. That's how you know how to tell a lie. You have to tell, in order to tell a lie, you have to say a little, a little bit of truth. So. Maybe, yeah, that's why he, he drew people in. And they, but the majority of the way that they got it is that they conquered. They conquered a lot of territory and they said the new religion is Islam. And they were like, no, they'd be like, execution tomorrow. Yeah, where do we baptize for Islam? You know, what do we got to do? Islam, you want to with Justin Burkas? Let's do it. You know, like, of course, what are you going to murder, death, or, you know, be Islamic? And that's what, you know, they, they did, unfortunately. I have a friend who actually became Jewish. She, um, um, she used to love. She was she was Muslim. Then she was an atheist. And then she decided. She also then she decided to go for history and science. She loved history and science. While she was an atheist, she used to love history and science. Mm-hmm. And then after she after being a Muslim, she became atheist. And then she became Jewish. She said that she sat with um, with the um, science books, the history books. Quran and, and the Torah, and she compared things, and she saw clearly, black and white, right, that um, Muslim has no support, not from history, not from science, and, and from nowhere. So I was wondering why can't one of those people who are to convert, converted from Islam get up and speak? They do, they do speak. There's, they are. There are a lot of people that speak up against it. Um, they get a lot of death threats. They don't. You know, it's not. It's not so easy. You know, to deal with. You know, that type of population. They get very, very over. Put it this way: if they think about how good they are in convincing people, the Islamic people. Yeah, I give them credit for this. They're able to convince people. If you murder yourself, as long as you kill somebody else, you're going to heaven. Now, why would anybody believe in that? Why would anybody believe a good God, a divine God, would want you to murder other people? Murder other people, and you know, when women, children, innocent doesn't matter. Murder as much as you can, Jews even better, and that's when you're going to get. That's how you're going to get to heaven. But yet, they're able to go and convince people of that. So you see, the power of persuasion is very, very great, and uh, it's not a credit that I would like to give them, but they're able to convince that, and that's that's pretty impressive. It's it's terrible. Don't get me wrong. It's terrible what they do, but the fact that they're able to do that just shows how much they're able to persuade people. People are very easily persuaded. Just look at the media. We all have to have nice clothes. We all have to drive nice cars. Why is the lease only three years of a car? Why do you have to get a new phone every year, two years? You don't. It works perfectly fine. But media does a good job. We're, we're very, very impressionable. This is why the Judaism wants to keep the, you know, it's, it's more better to keep the media out that this way you're, you're able to focus on the right thing. Because the media is all, any, any of these types of ideas, you could think of it as a light brainwashing type of an idea. Like, what, is it, what do people tell you? Say, so you need this product. I don't need this product. You do, you do need this product. I really don't think I need this product. And, you know, a few years later, you have an iPad in every room in the house. Why? You know, you need, you need to have a TV in every single room in your house. I've been to houses. In the bathrooms, they have a TV. In every single room. I'm like, Yo, you know, this is crazy. I'm like, what are you going to admit? Living room, dining room, kitchen, every sofa room. It was a very nice house. And a bunch of different, every single room that I went to, 
I, I was like, it was unbelievable. I'm like, are you afraid of missing something? And, you know, like, is this what, like, how much do you need a TV in the kitchen for? I, it, it boggles my, you're cooking, so you, you, you know, you need to be, this is what, maybe what they cut themselves. I don't know, like, it doesn't make any, any, any sense to me. I don't know. Like, we, we have to get so distracted. You realize we can't even be with our own thoughts. You realize, how often do you think? about yourself, about your life, introspection, he'd bother do it if you want to call it. How often do you walk at, at, by yourself and you say, you know, how was my day? What did I do right? What did I do wrong? What can I improve? What can I... No, no, the second that you're there, either you're daydreaming, right? I know men and women daydream of different things. Men are usually, you know, winning, you know, billion dollars or they're fighting crime, whatever it is that they're doing. I'm assuming shopping would be, right? I don't know, I don't know. Okay, so, uh, you know, you just dream about whatever it is that you're dreaming about, but you're not actually thinking. These are just thoughts that pop into head. How much... But then... If we do happen to think, oh, no, no, let me listen to some music, let me listen to this, let me, let me uh, you know, boggle my mind with something else, we don't think, we don't think, we just keep on having these things thrown at us, and this is what we believe in, and this is, this is why every place that you live in, we end up becoming like, like that place. We're an American, we're, we're, we're Arabic, we're, you know, Gorski, we we're from whatever where we come from, because you get influence, very easy to influence, and the answer is, this is what the other religions do as well, they're very easily influenced people. Any other questions? Yeah. Said that they were trying to claim that someone was circumcised, that's why he was like so great. Okay. But does that have to be what he said? It doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah, I know people that were born circumcised. But I feel it doesn't happen anymore because that's a sign of like a really great person. Well, let's hope so. I mean, I don't know. Was he that great? The guy that I know? I know a few people. Yeah, yeah, good, nice guys. Good guys. I don't know. The, the, I don't know. I thought it happened to like leaders. No, it happened to, you still have people that happen nowadays. They still need to believe me now. They still need everything so like that, but. No, no, it doesn't, even back then, it doesn't mean that you're going to be a leader. It doesn't mean that you're a... But, like, when it happened, like, it was, like, oh, It was, yeah, it was, it was something, it's still out of the ordinary. But to say that it's something so great, that's so unbelievable, that you must be the next prophet, ruler, kingdom, whatever, CEO, no. No. Good, it's a nice thing, it's a good thing, um, you know. Any other questions? Mm-hmm. You were talking about when and how it would have a chance to have been changed. Right. No, nobody even claimed that because there was continuation of, you know, connection between God and Moshe. So, and the Jewish people themselves, you know, said, you know, you do it, we can't even handle it anymore. It wasn't that they were like, okay, you heard too, and now I'm going to take care of the rest. And the furthermore proof of that is there were... the. You want to say there's, there was over about a million prophets in Jewish history. And we, all, we only have mentioned, not everybody, but I forgot where it's mentioned, that we have over a, close to a million prophets throughout Jewish history. Not one of them said that anything that Moshe said was wrong. Which means is, if they had, and the prophets were tested. They had to predict the future. They had to show that they were, they were talking to God. Not one of them ever said anything was wrong with that Moshe Rabbeinu, the Chamesh Yechum Torah, anything was wrong in the Halachot, nothing. That is another furthermore proof that it, what it is, what it is stands. And no one, no one, none of the religions claim that. That yeah, the first two are right, and everything else is is uh, uh, is wrong. But it's a good good point. Question uh, after. Oh, and for anybody who wants, thank you. Whoever wants to join us on our Thursdays a woman's class, it is on sixteen oh one Quentin Road at BJX. Uh, you're welcome to join us. Um, supper is usually served. Actually, more than one supper. You guys have here too. Yeah. Sushi and pizza over here. So yeah, different good good food is served over here. At 7:45 on Thursdays, uh, but if you, but it's always good to email. Uh, you can always email me just to make sure that the class is on at r a b b i z i t r o n at torahanytime.com.
That was the pitch. Anything, any other questions? Thank you. No other questions. Okay. Hazagabahu. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.